Tara, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, been following your journey on, on social media for a while. Um, can you, uh, can you introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are and what you do for a living? Yeah. Hi everyone. My name is Dr. Tara and I am a tenured professor of sexual communication at Cal State University Fullerton. And on top of that, I have a private practice as a sex coach in Los Angeles. Um, and, and what I do for fun is social media. So I have my podcast, Instagram, TikTok that is um, popping right now. I think at 1.7 million followers. So follow me. Um, and other than that, I just uh, enjoy living in LA, going on hikes and eat well. Are you? Um, do you think it'd be possible if a guy... Uh, on social media had the same like academic credentials could do what you do on social media and be su and be successful i think so but i think a lot of guys um don't approach it the way i do well not even a lot of guys just a lot of people don't approach it the way i do i mean you're pretty forthcoming with everything you're like your your yeah. quick videos on instagram will be like uh, I think one of the latest ones I saw was like, uh, like about uh, loads or uh, like big yeah. loads and, and you're real quick about it. It's real catchy. So, um, <laughs> how did you come into this work? I mean, what inspired you to do this? Um, professionally, when I was in graduate school, I studied relationships. I've always been interested in relationships and sex. Like I was a horny little kid. Like when <laughs> I was uh, a teenager, I was very sexually inquisitive, but, um, Professionally, like I started studying relationships and then I realized from studying that the number one issue that long term couples have is sex. You know, there's many other little issues that people get through. People have arguments. That's OK. Like conflict is healthy. But the number one issue that tends to be like homebreaker is sex issues. So ever since then, I've always wanted to be a part of a solution of something like in the world, right? Like since I was young, I was like, what can I be a part of? And ever since I learned that sex is the, the biggest issue in long-term relationships, I just realized like, I want to be a part of the solution. So growing up, you know, your background, um, what is your heritage? Hi. So I'm originally from Thailand. I moved here for school. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I'm not from here. No, I'm not American. Um, and English is not my first language. So I imagine... I, I, I guess I can't imagine, but what was your, your parents' reaction like whenever you uh, decided that you wanted to uh, explore this line of work? You know, my for my dad, it's a little difficult because it's like, oh, his little girl is like out here telling people to like suck his balls. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we like 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 a lot of Asian descent people, our parents and us, we don't talk about stuff like that. Uh, so I don't, my dad has never mentioned it once. So when people ask him like, oh, what does your daughter do? He just says like, she's a professor, um, and kind of brush it off like that. But my mom actually has been growing with me quite a bit. Like she's been, you know, commenting on my videos, watching all of them. <laughs> she's on TikTok. She got TikTok just to watch my videos. And she just thinks it's hilarious. And she thinks like, you know, I think herself, like she's seen it in herself, how much like sex can become something that weighs you down or enhances you. Mm. And she has seen how much it has enhanced me. So I think she supports it. And yeah, she's been really sweet and supportive. My dad, uh, not so much, but he does nothing to like, you know, it's like nothing against it. He just like brush it off. Right. You met, yeah. you mentioned earlier about uh, sex being one of the, the greatest problems and people and people's relationships if we were to break that down even more what are like the specific problems typically the main issue in heterosexual relationships is sexless marriages mm, really? so i mean what is it but that has to stem from something else right like usually it's like arguments which when they like when couples argue then they're probably not having sex so i mean can you talk about that a little bit or you can say otherwise. They are arguing because they're not having sex. Oh, shit. If you're having amazing sex, what do you think happens in a relationship? You just have sex no. all the time. <laughs> you just have sex. You're, well, you're, you're, you're happy with your partner. Y'all want to be around each other more and communicate more. And it is more. definitely like not, definitely not like a fix-all, you know? Yeah, right. like good, good disclaimer. I'm not, not here to say like sex solves everything. It solves a lot of things. It doesn't solve everything. Like if you have 
you know, a narcissistic partner, like it's not going to change them, right? Mm -hmm. If you have um, an abusive partner, like that's not going to change them. So if you have a shitty partner, good sex doesn't change anything. However, if you're both good people and you're in a relationship that has very dry sex life, um, where one person or both people don't initiate sex. And when you do have sex, it's very like robotic, monotonous, no passion. And if you've been together 10, 15 years, like you feel how much that is taxing on you. And it's a huge problem. I think we see it a lot in middle-aged people, like people in their late 30s and 40s. If they've had one partner, um, you will start to see how much, you know, um, people who are having like a fulfilling sex life and people who don't. You can see it in their energy, in their face, in how they interact with the world, their skin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, what are some recommendations? Like if you, uh, so I imagine you, you help couples, you, mm-hmm. you know, you consult with, with couples or even singles. What are, if a couple's having issues when in the relationship, what are some things that you could, you know, uh, recommend that can help them have more sex and possibly have a healthier relationship? You know, that's a, a really broad question. Mm, okay. <laughs> because as we investigate, we will find deeper issues. For example, let's say this, let's let's say a married couple, okay, like heterosexual man, woman, uh, haven't had sex for eight months, which is not normal. Um, let's say the husband is very frustrated but also has stopped initiating sex completely because every time he has tried, his wife has either said yes, but like half-heartedly or has said, no, not in the mood. My stomach hurts. I ate too much. I'm tired. The kids are running around, but whatever reason she has said no. So this man for eight months has experienced a lot of rejection and um, half-heartedly, like, you know, engaging in intimate actions with his wife like of course she has her reasoning too to why she has been rejecting it perhaps it's not just she's busy or stomach hurts or ate too much or kids perhaps she hasn't been having great sex perhaps she doesn't want to have sex with you Mm. right maybe it's not she doesn't want sex but she doesn't want sex with you so that's (laughs) something that i tell couples all the time like hey it's tough but listen A lot of times I have individual sessions with women, women who self-report, oh, I don't love sex. Like I have very low drive. I have low desire. I don't get, I don't care about sex that much. Okay, fair. Right. I give this scenario. Tell me who's your celebrity crush. Who do you think is like the most handsome person right now? They'll say someone, let's say Brad Pitt. And I go, okay, like, let's say, you know, you're at a bar, you're like having a glass of wine with girlfriends. Brad Pitt walked in and he approaches you and he's like, I have never seen a woman as beautiful as you. And I'm so attracted to you. Do you, would you like to go make out? Would you go make out with him? Almost 99.9% everyone says yes. I would. So (laughs) you're saying you will have sex with Brad Pitt, but not your husband. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so you don't want to have sex with him. You're not attracted to him. You don't desire him. That's the problem. Mm. So what happens at that yeah, point? Yeah, how do you get past that point? <laughs> <laughs> you switch switcheroo or what? <laughs> Go find Brad Well, there's so many, like, there are so many, many creative ways to approach boredom and lack of desire. Um, and it just depends on how, you know, traditional um or edgy or kinky the couple is um with couples that are kind of open-minded and new age and kind of wanting to try different things uh there are a lot more options to try but with couples that are like oh we're we're traditional we want to remain with just each other we want to try something just between each other there are uh, a couple of things that you can do um the first thing is to do a sex fast and a sex feast have you ever heard about that? Oh, I know what fasting <laughs> is. So. I know what a feast is. <laughs> what, is what is fasting? Uh, we don't do it. Yeah. You don't right. do it for a certain amount of time. Right. Yes. So um, 
it is like food, like it's like fasting for food. So you both commit to fasting for a certain period of time and it could be two weeks. But this is not like a regular, like no sex because that's easy for a lot of people. For a lot of people that like, haven't had sex for like three months, that's super easy. But it's no touch. Mm. Like no touch whatsoever. No hugs, no kisses, no touching hands, no holding hands. Like you sit apart. So it's um, called sensory starvation. It allows for the body to reset and realize like, oh shit, maybe I do need my husband's touch. Maybe I do love, you know, these, these like little touches that show affection and I miss it a lot. And maybe that could help bring back this kind of like reminded desire, uh, which we usually like recommend in sex therapy to like couple that with then sex feast. And sex fast is, is like no touch, no no affection for two weeks. And then the feast is, uh, again, like not penetrative sex every single day, but sexual activity every single day for two weeks. So you fast for two weeks and then you're starved. Then you feast for two weeks. And hopefully this feast helps reset the whole relationship. Hopefully it helps you, rem it helps reminding you that you do love this person, you desire their touch, but perhaps you have like lost sight um, or just lost the attraction for their, you know, maybe physicality, their personality and whatnot. So the feast itself, when people say like, oh, I can't have penetrative sex every day, um, you don't have to. There's so many sexual things you can do. You can masturbate together. You can watch porn together. You can uh, use toys on each other. You can just give a sensual uh, massage. You can make out for 20 minutes, get wet and do nothing. You can, you know, there's so many different things you can do. And there's a whole list uh, that like sex therapists usually give out to people. But there's a whole thing, like a whole list of things that you can choose to do that feels comfortable for you. But the goal is you have to commit to two weeks every single day you do something sexual. Wow, that seems really effective. <laughs> Try it out. Does it is. Is it, <laughs> I imagine like afterwards it's pretty effective, but does it it probably wears off after a while, huh? Yeah. Like anything else, I think those like uh, your sexual wellness needs maintaining. So yeah. Yeah, I guess it is it's it's so nuanced because um, you know, people are dealing with you know work life balance and kids. Mm -hmm. Uh I was curious to ask you what how does social media play into some of these consults that you're doing? Uh, are there are a lot of problems caused by social media um, activity, like maybe guys liking girls accounts or following these fitness influencers or things like that? Does that ever come up? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, actually. Um, but it was the other way around. It was the girlfriend was um, following, you know, a lot of guy friends like from work or from uh, like her gym. Mm. And then the boyfriend was really jealous. And he's like, you like, I don't want you to have even like an, a social media account. I want you to deactivate your Instagram. So yeah, like I've seen something like that where jealousy would come up. Um Another thing I've seen coming up with using a lot of social media is you being reminded of quote unquote potential mates, right? Because maybe you're sitting on the couch next to your long-term partner, you look over and they are, you know, like sloppy. They don't <laughs> care about you. They don't even look at you. They don't, you know, and you're just, you look at it and you feel undesired. And you also are not attracted to this person. And then you're looking online and then you find all these attractive people and what your brain tells you with using social media and seeing attractive people on there is potential mate alert, right? Your brain doesn't know that that person's not going to like you or may not like you back. <laughs> your brain just knows, whoa, availability, availability, availability. And that's a part of why a lot of men are addicted to porn is when you watch porn and you see attractive women, your brain just thinks available mate. Mm. It doesn't think like relationally, right? It just, oh, available mate. So it, same thing with social media. When you see um, a lot of attractive women or men, um, you may get into like a comparison mode with the person you're with. 
and then realize like, oh shit, like <laughs> this is not the life I choose. And yeah. then this is where people either have a fixed mindset where they go, well, fuck it. Like this is my life now and I'm just going to be miserable or just having mediocre satisfaction in life. And that's okay. Um, and I have no judgment for people that choose that path either because I think it's to each their own. But then there's growth mindset people where, whoa, babe, we got to do something. Like, we only have this one life to live. Like, YOLO, we got to either seek out a sex coach, read sex book together, listen to a podcast together, watch porn together, do something to change the dynamic that we're having right now. And that's typically people with a growth mindset. And I assume people that listen to a podcast like yours, right, who are like learning and improving in their life and interested in wellness and well-being. Um, a lot of those people are now realizing if they've been in a long-term relationship that's not very sexually fulfilling, they are realizing that they should do something. I, th I think like, you know, you're talking about the fast and feast. It would be good to join that with fast and feast of social media too. Maybe not the feast, but fasting of social <laughs> media too, because I, I feel like that's probably going on. There's a comparison constantly and thinking yeah. that your partner is not, you know, yeah. as good as someone you're seeing online. So if you didn't see anybody for two weeks and you're not touching your partner for two weeks, that'd be like just a, an explosion yeah. of, of like <laughs> affection. During this fasting, are, are they allowed to masturbate? Oh, no, you're no. not allowed to receive any kind of like affection, not even self. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. Times are hard out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good it's also a, i think it's I mean, obviously a lot of people think well that's like easy for women not not all women there are a lot of women i know like at least most of my friends are really horny mm. <laughs> so it's not like all women and some men are also you know they also participate in this like no sex lifestyle um as much as you know, long-term couples want to think it's the women. I think as much as like men, men are as like equally responsible because it's either they let themselves go or they don't make it like that sexy in the bedroom or outside the bedroom. They don't romanticize, you know, their partner. Maybe don't share a lot of compliments and vice versa. It's not like men versus women. It's never men versus women. Um, but I think it's like two people. It's both people's problem. What do you think about, um, I, I hear in a lot of guys, especially like even, rappers and celebrities like uh withholding from sex purposely like to like harness chi and and you know <laughs> be more uh conscious and, and things like that have you have you heard that where maybe a partner is doing that and the other one doesn't want to do that and they're doing like tantra acts and you know kind of getting into that i think that's so interesting and you know I'm a little biased because I'm academically trained. So scientifically speaking, like daily masturbation is healthy, you know, but when you're talking about chi and like chakras, then that's like past the realm of science. That's like metaphysical in which I'm starting to believe in now. Like I am a late bloomer when it comes to, you know, spirituality and stuff like that. So I've just been learning it like the last four to five years. And um, honestly, I think if they feel like it's working for them, it's most likely placebo, but it works. If it works, I think it's good for them. So if, you, you know, they were going to be like, oh, this is no fab month. That's cool. Like if you think it works for you, if afterwards you feel like you have explosive cum <laughs> <laughs> and like amazing sex, like hell yeah, like you do you, you know, like I'm, I support people that have like clear vision of what they want to do and what they want to achieve, even though it's a different method from me. My experience is the more you don't have sex, the more likely you're going to lose it. Like mm. everything, the skills, the emotions, emotions, the movement, like all of it that combines, like uh, that makes it good sex. I feel like if you don't use it, you lose it. So people that go on like celibacy for like a year, <laughs> uh, 
I wouldn't want to be the first girl that fucked that guy afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> the dick probably so fall like, you're not going to be that good, bro. You'll probably come in five seconds. <laughs> but what I'll if he does it? Like, Daddy, you're so hot and he probably come. <laughs> <laughs> Making me come right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, I don't know. Like scientifically, there's no nothing is wrong with like coming every day. I, I've heard different. I thought like. You know, guys masturbating every day. Like, I think uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about, like, uh, not masturbating because it it's detrimental to your mental health. It does something, you know, from a psychological perspective into the brain, and it turns on all these, like, bad neurotransmitters. But is, is that not correct? Or, I mean, because there's that always, is, like, two sides, if you don't, right? yeah, yeah. No, I that is, but, but the perhaps like a certain clip is taken from that talk that is if you don't attend to your partner mm. like there are men who will just masturbate forever and just watch porn every day masturbate every day and never develop real relationship and that's problematic for sure but if you were to say like let's say you're dating someone and you have sex with them um three times a week like uh, it it's okay if the other two, three, four times a week, you want to masturbate, hmm. right? But I think it becomes a relational problem, but also could pos could possibly be um, a neural problem as well. If you become reliant on just masturbation, then you lose out on like social interaction, romantic relationships, good feelings and all that. I got the golden question. <laughs> I think I got the right person to answer it. So when guys come, they always... They tip like it's well known that they don't feel great afterwards. They like feel like regretful and no matter how long you've been with somebody, it's like kind of a well known thing. Um, and I always chalk that up to like, maybe you're depleting like dopamine or serotonin and then you're having to like level up. Why do we hear that story? And some people experience that where as soon as you come, it's like, isn't there a word for it? Like a phrase for it? I think so. It's, 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 it's that popular to where it's like, uh. it has probably would have a name. But you have mean you heard post that? Post not clarity. Yes, post not clarity. Yes, I like how she <laughs> yeah. had that in the back. She's like, I'm ready to throw this, pop this I'm thing off. I'm on Reddit. I'm on Reddit. I know what the boys are talking about. <laughs> All right, say it again. What was it? Post not clarity. Okay, so what is the science behind this? So the science states that that only affects people who don't particularly like have trust and closeness and love with their sexual partner so this, this phenomenon happens a lot more with casual sex people mm. it happens sometimes with long-term relationships when there is a rift in the relationship like you don't even you know you're not even attracted to your person then of course like after you come you're like ugh, i hate my wife like you know <laughs> <laughs> that could happen, but um, as research will show, it does not happen physiologically when it comes to hormones. Like actually, dopamine is released when you have an orgasm. So when men have an orgasm, you have dopamine and oxytocin. So they're all feel good stuff. However, these may have different effects if you don't particularly find your sexual partner number one extreme extremely attractive number two you definitely trust this person you have closeness and intimacy and then number three you feel like you want to see them again mm -hmm. so yeah it's a huge phenomenon in casual sex um populations it there's a whole huge like reddit threat of men talking about that that's a thing i remember when i was like djing in clubs and hooking up with girls <laughs> and like i wanted to do it really bad and then after the deed was done, I was like, "Get the! I need to leave as quickly as possible." You didn't love them, no. Yeah, those post you guys, post clarity. Do you guys have partners? I'm yeah, married. we're each other's partners. <laughs> oh, sweet, yeah. love it. So I no. hate every time. It's like, damn, I hate him. <laughs> no, I'm married. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and I have a girlfriend. Uh, okay, and um, how long have you been together? Which one? Oh, well, both of us. Um, uh, go, go, go first. Uh, mine's seven years. Mine, Seven years? Okay. Yeah, mine is uh, six years. Beat me, bitch. Okay. Yeah. So both of you have passed three-year hump and five-year hump. The one up, the one that's upcoming is 10-year hump. Oh, shit. That's the worst one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's the most difficult. Let's make Why a break. What's, what it's, makes the 10-year hump difficult? 
it's usually when people in like just in big research uh when people report like the most bored of their partner <laughs> i wonder how much that has to do with like life in general because if you're together 10 years you're like at the what 35 40 year mark in your relationship mm-hmm. and that's and you're t- just like sick of your life in general yeah you're just working all the time trying to get ahead mm-hmm. i wonder if that it has to play it all has together to be. right like a midlife yeah. crisis probably time and yeah. and all that don't you like change as a person every like several years too every don't decade. you yeah like, is it a decade? decade is that a real thing i don't know ask the doctor doc, hey doc, doc what, what you got here is that is a real thing <laughs> give it to us straight well new research would show like you change every year like the there's little parts of your brain like in studies with brain scan will show that your your you would technically change every year and usually it's for the better mm. usually <laughs> not <What>? for everybody <laughs> You seem pretty uh, positive about everything. Um, I feel like everything that's going on now with like dating apps and everybody's just hooking up. Nobody's really staying in relationships for long term anymore. You watch these TV shows on like Netflix, like too hot to handle and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're just like, we just want to fuck and nobody stays together. And it's like, do you think uh, that's healthy for you, humankind? Do you think we've gotten to the social construct of like, you need to be with someone for 40 years and stay with them forever and, you know, follow religious practices and stuff. Or do you think it's, this is the way we're supposed to be and not, um, not, not monogamy, 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 not monogamy. And like, we should just have several partners and, Kind of uh, monogamy is a sex position that I like. <laughs> what is it? Am I saying it wrong? No. Well, no. no she's kidding. Oh. <laughs> it is monogamy. <laughs> you need Monog- to get a T-shirt made that way. <laughs> I thought that was an actual sex position. I felt like I was saying it wrong, but it might be. People expert. will believe me when I say anything. So I know. <laughs> I'm sure you can just make shit up all the time. You sound smart. <laughs> you look smart and sound smart. You can just say um, bullshit. <laughs> I love that question. You know, because it's so it's so complex. Like, I love that question and let's talk about it. Like, what do you guys think? Do you feel like people are meant for monogamy, one person, 45 years? I don't know. If if, if a relationship's supposed to be like work and like you and you and you work through it, then I, I think so. But there's so many people nowadays um, that go through that 40 or 30 year mark and then they'll get divorced now. Like before it was like forbidden, don't get divorced. Now you see these people, but they have nowhere left to go after they've gotten divorced. They're pretty much, uh, I don't know, 60 or 70. I mean, they still do get with another partner, but it's like, they were like, man, we should have got divorced 20 years ago or something. So, um, I don't know. I see. I have kids. I have have four uh, children and, uh, Mike and I talk about this all the time, this exact question. And I feel like it's not biologically like part of my human structure to like be with one person. Cause there's an urge mm-hmm. to always explore. Right. That's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, as a male, I think that's pretty common, but it's like, I don't want to hurt my kids. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can't hurt this family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what probably keeps a lot of relationships together is um, of course I love my wife. You know, I, I don't want to, seem like I don't love my wife, but I think there's like this urge from a male perspective to want to explore other relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're really touching upon so many different aspects. Like first, is it normal biologically? Then is it normal socially? Is it normal morally? Right. Um, And then, yeah, just in general, like societally, we have become a monogamous society, you know, ever since the end of the hunter gatherer era, uh, humans have then become more and more monogamous each era, uh, and really cemented with like, you know, the rise of Christianity, Judaism, Islam, um, with the rise of these organized religions, we, we came to know monogamy as the only option for good people. If you're good, you part- you partake in monogamy. And now, um, have there been societies in the world that have not participated in monogamy? Hell yeah. Uh, it's just not talked about. There are many little societies around the world uh, that practice polyamory, polygamy, polyandry, uh, where, you know group love, group relationships are their norm. Now, when I talk about that to people here, they think it's fucking weird. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's like that fucking weird cult. 
I'm like, is it weird if it's their norm? It's only weird for us because it's not our norm, mm. right? It's not weird to people that, let's say, that eat um, pufferfish every day. Like, it's not weird for them to eat that. But it's weird for us to eat it, right? So it's the same thing. Like, there is a Nepali tribe that has been polyandry for a long time. That's one woman, multiple men. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's and way, that's huh? norm. Like, that's normal. If that's she's like, power. oh, you only have one husband, what? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck's wrong with right? you? Right, I have, like, a group of brothers, like, you know, four guys, like, they're and they're siblings, <laughs> and they're all married to me. <laughs> um, so, so I think, is it? The train always our, comes through at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Golly. You never know what sizes you want in a day. Like, oh, I want brother B this time. Oh, want, my gosh. You know? Hopefully, you they don't know, call each One brother brothers. loves pegging, like loves being pegged. So, if you're in a mood, then, you're, then you call on that brother. Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, it depends on which uh, theorist you're talking to. Because you can talk to someone who is like, monogamy is absolutely bonkers. Mm. Like, we are um, not, we are unreasonable to think like human can be monogamous or should be monogamous. Like, if you talk, talk to some people, they will say that. But then you'll talk to some people who is like, there's so many benefits to mono monogamy. Like, our society will not be here. America won't be here unless we were monogamous. And so it just depends on who you talk to. In my opinion, I think in this modern contemporary society where we have all of this information, we have the ability to like, you know, raise ourselves to like higher self and be less judgmental, less jealous and be more loving and really just like improve ourselves as pe like people. I think we can do monogamish. Mm. And that's a term that um, Dan Savage coined. And monogamish is like socially monogamous, which is like has a lot of benefits. And then sexually non-monogamous. Are you in a relationship? Yeah, I'm engaged. Oh, wow. Monogamish? Yeah. Monogamish? We are monogamish, yes. No so, way. Yeah, does, we are monogamish. And how, and I would not do it any other way. How long have you been in, or yeah, how long have you been in, in a your, relationship? Yeah. Uh, three years. So how did you find your partner? We met on the plane. Really? Yeah. It's, it's kind of perfect. It's like a movie. And then I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you drop your peanuts like and then he's like, oh, hey, are these yours? <laughs> Look up in his eyes and yeah, like, turbulence. do you want to go to the bathroom? <laughs> now <laughs> is, I know. <laughs> is there ever um, is there ever any like jealousy that he experiences? Um, there's gotta you know, be. I think for both of us, it's a lot of adjustment. Just like just like everybody else, you know, it's not nothing is easy. Like even monogamy is not easy, um, and it's an adjustment. But I think we're both like very logical people. And we're also very trusting. So for me, like, let's say we have a threesome and it's like with a, another girl. Well, I'm also bisexual, so that probably helps. <laughs> but like if we have a three, when we have a threesome with another girl, then, you know, we make sure that that process is so collaborative. Like, number one, like we pick the woman together, mm. like. I have to be very attracted to her. Then he's attracted to her. Then we communicate with her together. We make sure that it's something that, you know, now I also don't, don't like, you know, having group sex with newbies. So, you know, she's participated in a threesome before or, or some kind of sex party. Um, and everything's collaborative uh, as long as, you know, he and I are on the same page of what we're doing. Um, I see no problem with that. It's actually really fun and really connecting to be able to do something like that together because it's kind of like it gives you this mentality of like us versus the world mm. almost because it's so taboo. It allows you to feel like, yeah, like we're awesome. <laughs> yeah, probably connects like, you on a different level because y'all are doing something yeah. so taboo. Yeah, yeah. We're socially monogamous. So like, we're not going to date another person. We have no time. We're so busy. Uh, but we're down to, you know, have threesomes. We're down to go to a sex party. We're down to go to Amsterdam and have sex with a sex worker. Um, things like that. So, but you won't like, so you'll do that, like threesomes and, and go do organized things. But 
what if you went like on date night and uh, like what if you went out and then found someone and could you you would just go home with him or he would go home with someone would that be acceptable no, as well no so that's a little different so that's not in our um understanding of our monogamish yeah but some people will do that and that's totally cool okay yeah so for us it's like uh group part group participation okay and you don't neither you or him get jealous at all when like they're interacting with the other person mm. Mm. <laughs> i'm trying to even think about the last time i felt jealous maybe like if um maybe if he's hiding something and i think there was like only one time in the past where like it wasn't intentionally hiding from me but it was just like oh i forgot to tell you i fucked this girl before mm. oh. like before us knowing each other like oh this is my fuck buddy before but like i didn't know that so like that made me a little uncomfortable because i like knowing all the information and that's the big part of monogamish is like not doing stuff behind each other's back like let's do everything together yeah yeah when and it's fun like going to a sex party going to or organizing a sex party or you know like doing things that are non-traditional in a way that allows both of us to like engage in that as well is fun when y'all are picking out these you know this other person has there ever been a time where he's found someone like just so attractive and you didn't see like you thought that she was the ugliest person you ever laid eyes on like <laughs> like you're like what we the would hell never do, do that see? we like participate <laughs> from the very like from choosing right i know but when y'all are like going through like and y'all are talking yeah. about these people and he's like oh, i like this one and you're like oh what the hell are you talking about has there ever been any cases like that no no so y'all are pretty like even on the on the yeah. even lane with that and we like people that are like intellectually capable like compatible with us so yeah. if that person loves talking about like you know improvements or <laughs> meditation or uh yeah like just generally like self-improvement stuff then we'll most likely like them yeah oh so it's person it's per a lot of personality too i guess huh a lot of yeah so you have to talk to them first like i would never just have sex with someone that i thought was hot because it's like i don't connect that way yeah I figured it'd be a I little. I probably could if I was drunk. Yeah, just gotta get drunk. <laughs> I figured it'd be a little weird though if the if you thought the girl was more attractive than you, more attractive than you, yeah. that might mm -hmm. be like give you a complex. Like if I picked a guy that's like jacked and like attractive, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know if I would feel good looking yeah. at that. You Are know, you, would you do a, a? Would you have a threesome with another girl? With another girl, not another guy. <laughs> I know. So what? Wait, so I don't think I could have a threesome with a guy. Yeah. Have y'all ever done that? Have you? Have you and your? There's no way. Fiance. Have we can do it. We can do anything. Really? We but have y'all? A guy, a girl, a trans. Um, it's not. We're we're all inclusive. Like we're <laughs> not. Um, yeah, we're really open minded, and not necessarily that there's something wrong if you don't want to do it. Uh, it's just that like I think it's fair if i want to participate with another man that like both of us agree on which man yeah yeah but i i think the misunderstanding with threesomes for a lot of people is that the men have to somehow sexually interact they don't have to what do you mean the men don't have to sexually oh, with interact. each other right oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they they think like oh no like you know it's quote unquote it's, it's gay or whatever like it's not because you don't have to interact with you know other people with another guy if you don't want to and when it comes to okay when it comes to like men <laughs> seeing other people's penises or even like touching it i think men just have like a lot more like harder time than women because women are a lot more like sexually fluid we will see a girl and we're like oh my god i love you so much we're like sisters and we'll kiss um <laughs> But for men, I think it's just never been in their socialization. That's like, dude, nice dick, bro. High five. <laughs> right? Like, it's not in socialization, which is okay. Oh. Um, but there are some men, like, especially European men that are completely fine with that. Like, you will see a lot more European men, like, participating in, like, gangbang, for example. Whereas, like, one woman, five men. And they're okay because they're, like, they're, they grew up going to, like, saunas with eight other men and seeing dicks and touching it and, and touching you know it's, it. 
Yeah, in the sauna, <laughs> it's just so different because like Americans and Europeans yeah. are different, and Asians are different. So it's all kind of just different. But just just remember this: like you know, when you go to a sex party, you will see other dicks, and you just can't you know be like ugh, or you know you can't give judgmental reactions, or else you get kicked out, and you never get you can never come back again. So that's kind of like a little test where if I. Coach like a couple or a guy, and it's their first time going to a sex party. I tell them first, like the number one thing is don't give judgmental fe- like reactions because then you're out. Mm. Do you know who Ashley Renard is? Ashley Renard. She does like how to keep monogamy hot. A similar content. She's an author, uh, and uh, she's also kind of like a couples therapist. But she was talking about like sex clubs. And she said the atmosphere is like one of a kind. Um, she says that she's never experienced like going to a normal club with a bunch of douchey guys is is like one of the worst experiences as a female. But going to these sex mm-hmm. clubs, uh, you know, the women are complimenting you. The men are real nice gentlemen. It's like a dip, uh, like a completely dip, different atmosphere there. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I think because everybody's on the same page too and everybody's going to get lucky pretty much. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Sex clubs are really fun and like swing clubs are fun. What's the difference? Are you guys guys in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. There's, oh, there's a, a famous sex club there. Really? The 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 owners have been on TV like so many times. They, I think they have this book called Open Love and they are the owners of that swing club. I don't what's remember the name. Oh, you remember? The name? I have to look it up. Yeah. So what's the if different- you Google swingers club near me, it's gonna come up. <laughs> what's the difference yeah. between In, and like bring your girlfriend and wife? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, what's the difference between sex club and swing club? I I know what swing club is, but what's sex club is just singles going there? No, um, not particularly. So yes, swingers is like couples playing with other couples. Um solely but a sex club uh can be um it depends on what event they're throwing that night they could be throwing a singles night then it's not for couples they could be throwing a couples night then it's only for couples then they could be also throwing just a mixer where it's like naked mixer where you're where you go in there get naked and have drinks and you know maybe you touch but no sex and then you go home and then there's like cuddle party where you get naked or like skimpy clothes and then you just cuddle no sex but then there's also sex party where you sex you go in with the intention of like oh i'll probably hook up with someone tonight um there's also you know themed ones like it could be anime night (laughs) it could be bdsm night um so sex clubs will have like just regular club days where you can go grab a drink maybe chat up with other people maybe and maybe not get with them but then oftentimes it's more like parties where they will organize a bit organize it based on theme Mm. so refresh my memory again uh tara you're a professor at uh cal state university fulton yeah the work you're doing is 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 very taboo uh, especially in America, what kind of support do you get from the university? Are they, do, you, do they, the, do, I guess, does the dean call you in the office? Like, hey, you have to tone it down a little bit because <laughs> you're saying clit way too much on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, do they support everything? I imagine they're supportive, but. Yeah, yeah, they are. So my dean is supportive. She's seen like, you know, what I'm doing on social media, what I'm doing just like in media in general um she is supportive she's uh also like an asian woman so she's like good for you (laughs) (laughs) and yeah like everyone has been very supportive i've but i also i feel a lot more i feel very secure because i'm also tenured Mm. and in the professorial system in america um that's like the highest level you can go is becoming a tenured professor. So when you first get a job, you're an you're an assistant professor, right? And then you submit your profile every day, every not every day, every year to get evaluated. And then six years pass, you apply for tenure and promotion. Then you become an associate professor, and then you either either get or you don't get tenure. I already got tenure, which means you can't fire me. Mm, I mean, you're you're in your you're in your thirties and I feel like getting tenured. I, I, 
that's not common to be in your thirties and, and have that type of uh, title. How'd you do right. it? So how'd you do it? I worked really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a hamster wheel a long time. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just, I worked really hard. I publish a lot and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is definitely difficult to get it. Um, but now that I do, I feel like I can take a breather. And ever since I got tenure, I was able to then transition a little bit into this like media and mass media world, which is something recent for me. And for me and those who don't know, what is the route? What is the education route to go where you went? Like, what is yeah, the, what is the base so of that many. education? Yeah. There are so many. So for those of you that are listening, there are so many ways. And also there's no like age limit. You could be 40 and now like drop your corporate job and try to become a sex coach. Like I know specifically one person, um, Court, and he's so successful now. He hosts these like retreats for men um, to like revamp their sexuality and so many people attend his retreats. And he used to work in corporate for a long time time and he just say fuck it and then he got certified and became a sex coach so it's really if you're passionate like there's no age limit to start uh, for me I went kind of traditional route so I went to college then got my master's then got my PhD I studied human communication but in the context of relationships and sex and then afterwards I got um, a job as a professor and then as a professor you have to do a lot of research go speak at conferences so that's kind of my route then after tenure i started my coaching practice and became a coach um, part-time so with like my phd and you know i wrote a textbook and stuff like that it has given me like a lot of like pedigree so it allows me to appear on media a lot more so like i'm on cosmo women's health um teen vogue ktla um picks 11 so it's it's easier when you are you and you have pedigree and that's just the the world we live in. I'm not saying it's the only way um, because I know many sex coaches and educators that don't have advanced degrees that are very legitimate, very good at what they do. So that's my way. But if you're interested and you're like, fuck, I don't want to get a PhD. Like I want to study, you know, be in graduate school for six years. What can I do? Um, there are many organizations that will um, certify you to become a sex coach, sex educator, a sex surrogate, um, and you can start working in that realm. Like sex surrogate, not a lot of people know about that. Do you guys know about sex surrogate? No. What the hell is that? It's a therapy type where you can go have sex with a sex surrogate. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, it's completely legal in the United States. What is it? They, so, what is it for? You, they teach you how to have sex or what? Yeah, yeah, really. So they, yeah, teach you how to have sex, like teach you t different types of touch, um, maybe help you heal from some type of trauma or anxiety, help you heal from like erectile dysfunction. That's like a psychological. Um, yeah, okay. there's so many things. There's so many benefits to to this type of therapy. It's called sex surrogacy. Basically, you'll go have sex with a surrogate and it could be penetrative sex. It may not be penetrative sex, but it just depends on the therapy plan. So it's a the therapist is the surrogate? Or is it just so, a person they um, hire? It's a triad model. So you work with a sex therapist, like talk therapy, and then the sex therapist will assign you or refer you to a surrogate. That's a person, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, sounds like it's a robot you want to apply as just opposed wanna, to what <laughs> I, I don't know a robot oh, um, blow up dollar well what? I mean it's, it's saying surrogate is like almost humanless so it's, it's so they find well, someone like, that wants like pregnancy to pregnancy surrogate yeah but like that's you then involve sex it's not supposed to right no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah sex surrogate is a certified completely legal type of therapy um, I know many sex surrogates that are very like good at what they do in helping people heal from whatever they need to heal from. So it's a very legitimate way of just learning about sex. I imagine those people will fall in love with the surrogates. 
Yes. Oh, that's common. I want to see that percentage. <laughs> see oh, that yeah. Actually, I'm releasing an episode for my podcast in two weeks, and it's about a pro- it's with a professional surrogate. And she said, "Yeah, like you can't help. Sometimes you're the first person that has touched him. Oh shit. So he will then, yeah, like proceed to fall in love with her, and you know, all that. That's, oh, that's wow. some deep shit right there. I never knew that. You <laughs> taught me something like that. I, I thought I knew everything. I learned a lot today. <laughs> I thought I knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of men that are my clients are, are are really interested in having me like refer them to a sex surrogate or um where sex work is legal, which is really the only place it's in Nevada. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh, Vegas, well, isn't that so dumb? Like all the stuff that's legal right now, like sex, like you can't buy sex. And that's mm-hmm. stupid. Like, when is that? Like I feel like marijuana is something like that's we need to get over. Something needs to be done. And then like sex. Is it not legal in Texas? No. not. What about not, CBD? I think CBD. So uh, medical marijuana is legal. You can have a prescription in Texas. Okay. And but do you have the prescription? Not yet. Well, no, because <laughs> the company we work for is. Uh, yeah. Uh, even if it gets legal as like the jobs won't allow you to do it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coming soon. Well, though, I'm in L.A., so we've we've had it a long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're all high over here. <laughs> yeah. did, the, did the jobs change, though? Did like change their requirements or is it still like the jobs that didn't allow it still don't allow it? Or did they like start changing? I'm not a good person to answer that because my job doesn't do like P tests or anything. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. Hope I don't get tested anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Tara, I, we had a great time. How can people follow your podcast, follow you on social media, and uh, and stay in touch with you? Yes. You guys can go to my website. That's lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O, and all my stuff's on there. Thanks for having me. Yep. You're amazing. Love the work you're doing. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a wonderful you're day. You're welcome. This was weekend. fun. You guys are great. Appreciate it. You too. Yeah. Thank you. you. Yeah. What a good little threesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'll end it right I love there. It. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you. Have See you fun later. fucking tonight. Yeah. <laughs> bye. bye. Thank you.